Hey, Will. Hey, Ian. What do you call a group of singing dinosaurs? I don't know. What do you call them? A Tyrannosaurus. Oh, my God. <laughs> you were right. You would get a groan out of me. Welcome to Dancing with the Bards. I'm Ian, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Brooke and Will. Hey. As well as our guests for this month, Nicole and Tristan. Hello. Hello. Nicole, it is great to have you on. And Tristan, oh, thanks well. for being here. <laughs> Glad to be here again. Thank you for having us. Today we're covering the one-page micro-RPG, Escape Jurassic Park, a dynamite game where a group of poorly bioengineered dinosaurs work together to free themselves from captivity. Uh, Will is, is, is putting his head into his hands for uh, those who can't see through the walls of podcasts. <laughs> there are 12 dinosaurs to choose from, and each has one ability and two stats, escape and dino. To take an action, a player rolls a number of d6 equal to the corresponding stat, and they need to roll at least one six to succeed. This game was released in 2017 and created by Mel and Tevis, who Brooke and I had gotten the chance to interview earlier in the month. They were amazing. Yes. Welcome to another episode of Dancing with the Bards. Uh, I'm Ian, and I'm joined by Brooke. Howdy. And today we are interviewing the creators for our favorite one-page RPG, uh, Escape Jurassic Park. Uh, it's uh, Tevis and Mel. Hi. Whoa. Favorite? Okay. Wow. Um, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you for having us on. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, this is my favorite one page RPG. I don't play a, a whole lot of them, but uh, I, I've done a few. And this is by far the one I've, I've covered the most with uh, friends who have asked me to run a campaign. And I'm like, I'm not going to run a campaign for you at 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. But I do have something uh, to compromise with. So it is uh, saved my butt and uh, plenty of times. Mate, you've almost certainly at this point played it more than we have. Not that we haven't played it, but <laughs> it's been a minute. Yeah, we, we are so delighted to be your, um, your player's second best option. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, I made a full on, uh, so I made cards with each of the dinosaurs dressed in like revolutionary attire. So it was an easy, quick thing uh, to oh, pass out roles. I'm going to put them probably tomorrow in the Discord because uh, we're going to be playing it for our Camping with the Bard special. Yeah. Um, that's hilarious and I love it. Uh, usually when we have played it, we have a lot of plastic dinosaur figures that we hand out for mechanics reasons, but also just for fun and flavor. Okay, I might have a new goal. <laughs> yeah, that's actually Sewing a great little, idea. Little tiny costumes for plastic dinosaurs sounds like an excellent goal. It'll be way better than lesson planning. So, uh, would you guys mind telling us a, a bit about yourselves? Just uh, like what you what you do, what your your experiences in tabletop games or or really anything are. Sure, uh, Mel, do you want to go first, or should I? No, I don't want to go first. You should go first. Okay, I'll I'll go first. Um, so, um, you know, I I also teach for a living. I I gather maybe uh, that was Brooke referencing teaching. Um, mm -hmm. And. Uh, you know, my, my job, I think, is not 100% related to tabletop gaming, but there is a lot in common with it to me, in that much like uh, when I GM for a game, I feel like it's a lot like preparing a lesson plan in that I 
I'm going to prepare these broad strokes. There are some things I want to hit, some kind of key scenes or details. And I'm probably going to have to improvise and throw out a bunch of it, but I'm still going to be glad that I prepared it. Um, so, uh, anywho, um, how did I get into tabletop? Um, back when I was in middle school, um, I had like heard of Dungeons and Dragons, but I'd never played it. And a friend of mine, um, his parents were longtime D and D nerds. Like they, they played it, you know, back when it was a chainmail extension or whatever. Um, and so. One day they just kind of invited me to join their family D&D game and uh, I was kind of blown away. I, I had never played a tabletop RPG before and I thought it was really fun. I was immediately entranced by the notion that I get to be one of the characters in this kind of storytelling game. Um, and, you know, uh, I did the thing that a lot of, I think, you know, middle and high school D&D nerds did. We played second edition, we played third edition, we played 3.5 when that came out. Um, when I was in college, I played a 4E game that was very different um, because all of the games I'd ever played before that were very... Um, the goal was to kill the monsters, right? The goal was to get the gold. The goal was to fight things and knock down all the pins that the DM had set up. And that was very fun. It definitely appealed to my, like, young self. But uh, I had a DM in college who was like, I have a campaign set up that is... Uh, 30 sessions long. I know what's going to happen in every session, give or take a bit. Um, and it was this really big arcing story. We, you know, we learned a lot about our characters and each other. It was just, it was a really like, I would say the transition for me from a kind of a tactical simulator to a role-playing game where you actually spend a lot of time acting and improvising. And it made me think like, man, I want to do that. Like I, I want to run a game where I get to uh, kind of direct uh, a bunch of actors because you know we have a lot of actor friends we you know we we've done community theater that kind of stuff um, but uh, what ended up happening was that I got a Pathfinder game started and we picked Pathfinder because it was kind of like D&D and it was more free than D&D at the time uh, or at least more accessible um, to find the materials online and uh, the long and short of it is that that campaign fell apart. Um, you know, we we didn't really have a proper uh, agreement on like what everybody wanted out of the campaign. Some folks really wanted to do uh, the fighting. Some folks wanted to do the RPing, and also it it died for the number one reason that I think most campaigns die, which was scheduling hell. Um, you know, we had mm -hmm. a lot of people to begin with, and then somebody wanted to bring in their significant other who then just like added even more complications to the scheduling. And then eventually just, uh, you know, we all stopped trying to update the, okay, when will we meet thread? And uh, so after, after that experience, um, I said, you know, What's something a little bit lower stakes where I don't have to constantly push this very high inertia thing forward? And I started discovering um, tabletop uh, or, or um, uh, micro RPGs just like on different places online. And I found a bunch of games by Grant Howitt, um, who is uh, kind of mentioned in my original post for Escape from Triassic Park. And uh, we tried some just like as a household. Uh, we tried. Um, uh, the Honey Heist, The Witch is Dead, um, some of the other ones that he uh, he ran. Uh, Big Gay also, Orcs. Gay, Big Gay Orcs, yeah, uh, that was a weird one. 
Uh, they're all weird. Um, lasers and feelings. We had some friends over to play lasers and feelings, and we did this like the closest to Star Trek I've ever really played in a game. It was amazing. Um, I really fell in love with a system called Roll for Shoes, um, and I just what, what ended up happening was that I was hosting games at uh, a local community library, and basically what we would do is we would we would post to a meetup and just say, if you want to play a a tabletop game, just show up. And we would meet strangers or people that were like our friends, but we didn't know super well or had never run in tabletop circles or had never played tabletop before. And the beautiful thing about micro RPGs was we could take this crowd of just like rando people and read them the rules in 30 seconds, have them with characters 30 seconds after that and start playing. Um, so uh, after running a bunch of micro RPGs like that and having a great time, um, uh, we decided to try our hand at making our own, and so we did. Yeah, that sounds uh, a lot like how I ended up finding uh, Escape Jurassic Park, to be honest, looking for uh, alternatives to uh, some of the, the harder-to-set-up games that you end up having. You say it's going to be one session, and you end up playing uh, like four or five hours, and you have to do a second one and a third, and it turns into, as you said, a schedule hell. Uh, we were both kind of snickering at that because uh, we were tale as old as time. <laughs> very familiar with those pains. Yeah, it it's you know tabletop is like the ultimate couch co-op game, right? Except it's not just two people or four people. It's like as many friends as can you know uh, fit around your table. And uh, I think as we all discovered, as we became adults, like we have so many things to do and other responsibilities and I like I don't hold it against anyone for having trouble finding the time that fits my particular time like you say it's it's kind of a it's kind of a tired trope now uh, or a tired reality uh, that games fall apart because scheduling is hard Mel did you want to uh, say anything about your your uh, experiences with tabletop games um, sure. I think it took a little bit longer for me to um, have positive experiences with tabletop than it did for Tevis. Uh, I wish that I had had people around me uh, as you know, like as early as high school or middle school that um, were into the same kind of games that I was. When I first got into Dungeons and Dragons in high school, my parents had like bought into the Satanic Panic from the '80s. Like they had fallen really like hook line and sinker for the idea that uh dungeons and dragons was like actually connected to satanism and the occult and literal cults in some way um which in retrospect is like a really funny thing to think but they did not have any experience with it so they were like really worried for me they're like you're getting involved in what your friends are doing what um and then they kind of realized that it was mostly just like eating snacks and doing light math uh, and they felt a lot better about it. But at first, it, there was like this resistance to me playing that, uh, in retrospect, is really funny. Um, as of like when I went to college, I did find other people who had more of an interest in like role playing and storytelling and funny characters, as opposed to sort of like min maxing and killing the dragon um, stuff that were a little less battle oriented. Um, and right now, uh, both Tevis and I are in a game that is being run by a good friend of ours using the Fate system, uh, and it's an original world that she created, uh, and it's called Artifice, and it's sort of a... I'm not sure if it's post-humanism or just a, a universe in which humans didn't exist, and now it's robots. Um, but I really enjoy being a player, uh, because I think that takes, for me, a lot of the pressure off 
uh, that I would otherwise feel being a DM. Like despite enjoying writing games and testing them out, I feel uh, maybe a little intimidated by having to run uh, an entire story for people, especially a long form story. I think that one shots are a lot more appealing to me in that regard. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I come from a similar background to you, whereas I didn't, I played like magic in high school, but that was it. I didn't get into uh, this community until Ian dragged me in kicking and screaming in college. (laughs) (laughs) If I recall, you and your group came to me. (laughs) No, I was not part of them yet. Oh, okay. (laughs) Then I recall incorrectly. We're unpacking. It's funny, you know, um, uh, I've told Mel this before, but um, Mel's parents were in on the satanic panic, but, you know, my father probably had never heard of the satanic panic, and his attitude was just kind of like, where are you going tonight? Oh, I'm going to play D&D with my friends. Is that the thing where you sit in a basement and you don't go anywhere and you don't spend any money? Yeah. Um, it was very easy to, to sell that to my parents, so I was, I was lucky in that regard. Uh Moving on to uh, uh, another uh, subject, um, you you would talk a little bit about your inspiration uh, uh, for the the game. You said you had done a lot of uh, RPGs with uh, Grant Howitt. I uh, I did look up some of his games uh, afterwards. I actually had seen some of them before. I just didn't know it was from him. Putting a name to the game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I I actually had a, a lot of fun going down that rabbit hole because some of those games. Uh, sound like things that I'm now going to have to check out. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, we only mentioned, I think, Honey Heist and The Witch is Dead, but uh, uh, man, I really enjoyed um, Reverse Beastmaster. That was a great one. Highly recommend. Did not grok that game until I kind of... Actually, I think there's a a live or a live, a recording of of Grant Howitt and some other players like just playing through the game, and then I, I... watch that slash listen to that session. I was like, oh, I get it now, um, which is another really nice thing about it because, you know, it, it it's very uh, it's very easy to kind of pick up the tone of the game and also sort of the gaps in the mechanics. Um, you know, if there's a downside to micro RPGs, it's that um, for first time GMs, they lack a lot of the structure uh, that more crunchy games like D&D and Pathfinder have that sort of tells you what you're supposed to be doing at any moment or like what the vibe of the game is supposed to be. It all has to be communicated really densely. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I love that you can find recordings of people playing micro RPGs and just kind of be like, oh, I get it. You know, and of course, no two groups are going to play exactly the same way, but, you know, it'll give you some great ideas. One element of Reverse Beastmaster that really enriched our game that I don't think would read over audio format is that a lot of us brought puppets to represent when, because the players are also kind of encouraged to DM that game a little bit um, and act out some of the animals that are controlling them. Uh, so we had like a big goofy we, bird puppet. We should explain we had... what that actually means. Oh, okay, like literal hand puppets. Like so. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I mean, like, we, what we, is we, the premise of Reverse Spike Beast? Okay, yeah, <laughs> you want us to go into and explain this this game that we've had a lot of fun with? 
Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It was just kind of like, yeah, the, the animals that are controlling them just kind of... Oh, yeah. No, I yeah. guess we should explain what on earth uh, we're talking about here. So the premise of the game is, uh, if you've ever heard of, I think it's a D&D class originally, a Beastmaster, someone who communicates with animals, someone who can control animals and bend them to their will. So picture if you have sort of a druidy character and they run into a bear... Maybe a druid would befriend this bear, but a beastmaster might be able to control this bear. So it's coming from a different angle. Um, reverse beastmaster is that you are basically the beast and animals that you meet control you. So if they give you a request or an order, you simply have to. You are compelled to comply. Uh, and That sounds... Like chaos and a lot of fun. It absolutely was. Uh, and the primary suggested setting for this is the zoo. So, you know, of course, you meet like a rat on the street or an ant or a fly or something that's like, you got to come to the zoo at eight o'clock. Um, and you meet up with all these animals that want things of you. They're all trying to power play you um, against one another, trying to get you to do their bidding because you have things like opposable thumbs and money, which they want. I could see why puppets can enrich that kind of a play for sure. Yeah. Well, one of the things that makes it um, particularly genius is that, uh, you know, every time you meet a new animal at the zoo, you're supposed to just have any of the players play that animal, right? And using the puppets, I think, kind of helps deflect it from that kind of first-time GMing shyness that a lot of players will have. Um, we had one player, uh, you know, one of those players that was just kind of new to tabletop, we'd never met this person before, they get the puppet for one of the animals and, you know, all the animals are supposed to be really mean to the players. Uh, and so this guy just starts yelling like, fools, all of you. It just like starts like just ribbing us endlessly. <laughs> um, doesn't doesn't really even give us a quest. He's just here, like I just had to unload on these stupid, stupid humans that had walked into the zoo. It was delightful. That is going on my list of things to do now because we have We'll let you know if we cover it in case you guys want to play. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it was great fun. I think it's a great recipe for, I mean, of course, conflict always uh, ups the drama. And uh, when you walk into a zoo, it's very easy for everyone to think of a, a, a number of conflicts that could arise from animals being frustrated at their predicament or frustrated with each other and what animals in the zoo might dream of all day and what they might demand from you as soon as they have the power to do so. Yeah, another thing I really liked about that game is that sometimes the animals would work at cross uh, agendas, you know, so one would be trying to manipulate the PCs to do one thing and the other to do the other. Maybe one animal wants to eat the other or wants to, like, get into the other animal's enclosure, that kind of thing. See, this is all really interesting to me because my experience with, um, other than Escape Jurassic Park, with uh, the micro uh, RPG was... Um, was Oliver Darkshire, I believe, um, does... Uh, a bunch of them and he, he is like in the same kind of circles of people I talk to uh, in this community who they are they all kind of follow the same premise and the same mechanics so I'm not used to games that kind of break that mold a bit if that makes any sense yeah for sure um, I mean there are some micro RPGs that are direct spoofs of existing larger RPGs like um We've really enjoyed uh, Here's Some Fucking D&D mm -hmm. uh, as the abridged version of D&D. Uh, you know, it's got like a couple of archetypal classes. Uh, you like roll randomly for your spells. Oh my god, I've never had PCs pick spells as quickly as in that game. Um, 
uh, that one's a great fun. But then there are other games where they're so abstract or maybe the goal is so different from fighting uh, that it can kind of set you adrift a little bit. But I guess the, the thing that I like about micro RPGs is that you can do something really experimental like that. And the worst case scenario is you have a single bad session and you never play that game again. Um, whereas with the campaign, it's like, if you have just, oh no, I, I made this one short sword that I gave the PCs like plus four and now it cuts through all of their enemies or, oh, I gave the spell too many effects or too long a duration or whatever. And then you just have like this whole campaign. You have to try and wrangle back into something like a fun game. The stakes are so low with table tabletop uh, with micro RPGs. You can you can just try it, and the worst case scenario is it doesn't work. Uh, so let's uh, talk a little bit more about uh, like the the micro RPG scene since we we've kind of dug into it a little bit already. So. Do you uh do you feel that like with recent events with things like COVID, I've noticed with a lot of these games, either you find them on online and, and share them with friends, but for the most part, people usually trade these through like word of mouth because like that's how I heard of this game was through my brother. Um, do you think something like uh, COVID uh, in in these spaces might have hindered that a bit as everything starts to go kind of digital? Hmm. Well, our current our current gaming group does and I think that a lot of the things that COVID changed um, in a good way made a lot of gaming more accessible to people who might otherwise be overscheduled or have like access needs where maybe they're disabled or they find it difficult to drive or to get where they're going to everybody meet up in person. Um, so in some ways things moving digitally has been really helpful. Um, but in terms of people finding things out through word of mouth, um, I'm trying to think of whether that was how it was just feels like so long ago before COVID, uh, whether that was how we primarily found out about games before in the before times. Um, cause I, I know that like in our household chat, like we tend to share whenever we come across a weird RPG and I feel like that was something we did prior to COVID as well. Um, when we found like a micro RPG or a system that looked really interesting or even a board game that we wanted to try together. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I will say, you know, Mel is of course absolutely on the nose about the accessibility that online play brings. Um, but the fact that we can't just meet at a community library invite and invite strangers to join us because of COVID concerns, or at least uh, I think a lot of people would be reasonably a little more reticent to do that. Um, it does kind of hinder uh, some of that. I will confess that, especially when I'm uh, GMing, I really enjoy that in-the-room energy, like not having that quarter second of lag that you get when you're on a voice chat or whatever. Yeah. Uh, um, but, you know, that's a compromise that's worth making sometimes. And it's not like I don't enjoy the game that we're in right now. Um, it definitely has a different energy. Um, ideally, I would love us to be able to do both, right? Um, you know, there's no reason you can't have in-person games and online games. Yeah, but also I guess I do remember when talking literally about, like, hosting a game in a public library that anybody can join, we did get a lot of new players, which had its challenges, but was also pretty rewarding to introduce a lot of people who are like, how do you play a role-playing game? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there were some people who, you know, of course, discovered that it wasn't for them. 
Um, but there were some people who, you know, their understanding of uh, tabletop role playing games maybe was I've only heard of D and D, or I think it's supposed to have a lot of math in it, or something like that. We got to kind of show them that no, it's an improv exercise. It's an improv exercise where we have to react to some dice rolls in some hopefully very rules-like kind of ways. Yeah, that uh, what you're saying kind of mirrors uh, some of my experiences with with the whole uh, COVID uh, timeline. <laughs> the personally, I I learned of all these games by going to the game store with friends, and we're like, okay, what are we playing today? Uh, and that's kind of how I, I ended up learning about all these things. As I would go to a friend's house or go to the the local game club for the the college we have in town. And a lot of the things I would learn were just what we had around at the time. And uh, I've, I've made it a, a point uh, on a, a few different episodes we did. Uh, I think on Smash Up 2, we did when we covered that, where uh, there was a certain energy to going into a game store and, you know, finding something that were like, oh, I've never heard of that before. And just picking it up or trying a, 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 a copy of it that they have available with a few friends. That's kind of lost now. Yeah, that's fair. Um, we are fortunate to have, um, not too far from us, uh, a board game bar, which it's more geared towards board games, but it is also, I feel, a place that people do gather, or at least they're starting to gather again, um, for in-person gaming and for role-playing games. But I feel like if you don't have that near you, because for a long time we kind of didn't, like our local game store sort of went out of business and we didn't have anything we could walk our bike to conveniently. Um, we kind of lost a lot when there was not a place that you could go to discover games and people who were interested in them. That sounds truly magical. I am very jealous. It is. Oh, it's it's deeply magical. I don't go there enough because I'm very overscheduled as a person. Um, but it, people really like this place and it shows and it's well-deserved. Absolutely. Um, I mean, should we just name the place? I mean, why not? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's yeah. very popular already. We're not the only people that go there. <laughs> it's it's no land beyond in uh, in downtown Baltimore. Um, really great folks run it, and uh, they have lots of long running tabletop groups and board game groups and magic groups, and uh, there's pretty regularly like smash tournaments going on. It's just like good nerds also booze. Can't go wrong with that. I will say, because uh, this is all audio, uh, when you mentioned uh, Board Game Bar, Brooke's eyes uh, increased in size. Like That has been a dream of mine since I found out about this community to have something like that. So just knowing it exists makes me so happy. It turns out it's a perfectly valid business model. People really like it. Um, they are also a bar where you can buy drinks and some light snacks. Um, but the thing that keeps people staying there and coming back is the events usually centered around gaming. There are other community events, but it's really about like getting people all at a table for either board games or tabletop type stuff. Uh, they have gaming type events, like not to just plug this one place too much, but, uh, some other folks we know, um, are part of a group called whose role is it anyway, which is a live tabletop performance where it's kind of a blend of tabletop and improv and they take suggestions from the audience usually before the game they'll have a bunch of index cards out that they'll have you write names of silly monsters or weapons or encounters or spells on and then they'll just draw from them at random and be like you know i cast uh i don't know like 
uh, I can't recall any of the names of the spells that they originally had. Um, I don't like Bigby's rude gesture or something. <laughs> uh, the monster, and you'll get all kinds of interesting things from the audience, and so it's kind of participatory that way. Have you ever brought your game there? Like, have you ever played? We have. I don't think we have. No, I don't think we have. We've we've um, been pretty cautious about getting back into in person stuff after COVID. Um, but that's a hundred percent fair. As as we have more time and more ability to meet up in person, especially as the weather gets really nice, it's very hot in the mid Atlantic right now. But as the weather gets nicer, it might be really enjoyable to bring it to the outdoor tables there or to a, on a less crowded day um, and have a couple of, because it's been a long time since I mentioned since we've had like newbies play or people that we don't already play with that are in our like direct friend group or household um, play our games. So do you have any fun stories about playing in the before times, uh, your game with other people? Yeah, um, sure. I mean, let's see. I think we ran it. Mel, it might have been at your birthday party, I think. That was the first time we ran it, was at a birthday party. I usually, we do themed parties at our house a lot, and we usually theme the uh, the party that happens closest to my birthday around dinosaurs. So we did that one as the kind of like the the game of the night um, that particular time. It was, it was maybe a few too many players, but it was still fun. I think it was like... 10 players it was it was a lot of players Uh, yeah uh but but again because it was a rules light system that was at least partially viable you know Uh, one of the things i always hate with uh with dnd is you know it gets to be someone's turn and they spend three minutes trying to decide what they're about to do um yeah i'm sorry that's me i have i have indecision i'm there with you don't worry there are plenty of us i think you're probably well what Anyway, um, so, you know, we, we played this game and uh, I remember one of the things that kind of surprised me about the game was how quickly a game that really only has two stats uh, turned into kind of like the stereotypical adventuring party. We had Ooh. one player play some Consipignathus uh, 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 and was kind of like the rogue of the party with like sneak into strange places and... Um, you know, uh, basically anytime we needed to do anything sneaky, anything unnoticed, they were the go-to person. Uh, I think Mel played the T-Rex and was basically our barbarian. <laughs> yeah, um, I smashed my face into a lot of stuff. Yeah, we also had uh, someone who playing the Velociraptor who just just kept killing it with all of these kind of intelligent kind of escape rules and would do things like steal cattle prods from the keepers uh at one point i think they stole like a golf cart or something they, they were like the mage of the party they could just suddenly do all kinds of weird magic we um the the first time i played this with my my brother was showing it to me i think it was actually also for a birthday um we uh will will was there i'm pretty sure uh we had he someone was playing the comstogonathus and they had uh managed to wrestle away one of the 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 tranquilizer uh guns from from one of the staffers and uh they between the two of them because the the for anyone who hasn't doesn't know what we're talking about which you should absolutely check this out by the way uh the the you get two of that particular dinosaur when you play as them and they had made a bunch of rolls to try to figure out how this thing works and uh they, they managed to tranquilize at least two of the uh the the staffers at the the park and we ended up creating a little facebook group with the the pdf in there just called dinosaurs with uh with guns 
Actually, oh, very good. I would love to see illustrations of that. I love that. I'll be honest. I thought that was the name of the game for quite a while because that's where I found it first. <laughs> <laughs> no, Escape Jurassic Park is a much better name. Oh no, for sure. But <laughs> it's just where I, I found it. There could be a spinoff, Dinosaurs with Guns. I feel like that could be sort of a, a D twenty modern sci fi sort of uh, situation you have going on there. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure there's another Grant Howard game that's like. You know, space ride, uh, like uh, it's like dinosaur riding astronauts with cowboys or something like that. I don't remember, but like one of the rules is like uh, at no point should anybody ever question why there are dinosaur riding or dinosaur riding space cowboy cowboys. This premise is unquestionable. Um, excellent. Yeah, it's as I said, I, I've done this game uh, for all of the micro RPGs I've ever covered with friends. This is the only one where I've ever had pretty much everyone at the table really enjoy themselves because they got to do either like silly things like that or they, they play it straight as, as like an actual dinosaur that, that can barely think enough to just say, I need to get out. Uh, I think it's uh, about time for us to, to start wrapping up. Um, cool. Yeah, well. So... Did, did you guys have anything, uh, any project you're working on, anything you'd want to share with uh, people uh, either working on now or already done that you think is just worth checking out? Um, we are both deeply overscheduled. We've <laughs> had a lot going on in the summer. It is my busy season. Um, however, we have been kicking around the idea of doing another one-page RPG. Um, since Tevis in particular has a, a lot of hours clocked listening to the film reroll, and every time he listens to it, he says, why haven't they done Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Um, I think that that would make a really excellent tabletop RPG if we did, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Players. We came up with a different pun for it, the title. That's the working title. Basically, working off of my love of bugs. I really like bugs. Um, I don't think I've mentioned, but I am a nature educator by trade. So I feel like the world of you being tiny and surrounded by giant bugs would be a really fascinating one to explore. Um, and the goal is pretty clear. You have to get back inside and get the, the unshrink ray to work on you so that you stop being small. Um, so that's one that I think would be rife with opportunity to come up with some unusual play mechanics and build a world around that. I would love to play that game. I would love for you to run that game. I guess it would have to be me. I don't usually run the game, but I think if it's going to be a game centered around bugs, um, that would probably be my bag. I mean, if I run it, I, I absolutely know you'll, you'll tell me, well, that's that's not really how ants work or something. That is Sorry. A detail I've missed. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's my failure not understanding bugs. Okay. Yeah, keep us in the loop on that, because that sounds absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, I'll just, I'll quickly mention that... Um, we did actually make another uh, one-page RPG called The Witch is Dead. Uh, no, no, we didn't make the, that one. Not, the, we played not, not one. The Witch is Dead. Excuse me. That one's Grant Howard. Oh, we did another one. We did um, uh, Witch, Please. That's what we did. Sorry. My bad. Also Witch inspired Please. by a movie. Um, the Witch yeah. is Dead. Totally recommend that one. That's a Grant Howard one-pager. But ours is uh, loosely based on um, the movie Hocus Pocus. Okay, so I think I, for the record, I know what we're doing for Halloween this oh, sorry. year. Oh yeah, we for the record we did this before the sequel came out. We haven't seen the sequel. We don't know if it's any good. Um, uh, I saw the sequel. It was fine. Oh okay. Well, maybe I'll <laughs> maybe I have to see the sequel. But anyway, um, uh, it's the idea is that you play as the witches and you've 
just emerged into the modern world, which you don't really understand, and your goal is to uh, cure the curse, get a boon, maybe eat some children. Um, we, we played it with some friends, we had a grand time. Uh, I think if I had to do it again, I might make some of the... I might adjust sort of the statistics on some of the, the penalties or um, the, the... Oh yeah, uh, I think the witches yeah. were pretty OP, as they say. They were, they were a little OP, yeah. Um, we, we needed to hobble our players a little bit more. Yeah, some of the disadvantages needed to just be a little bit more likely to come up. Um, yeah. But, you know, we still had a lot of fun making it and playing it. All right. Uh, so thank you guys so much for uh, for doing this with us. Once again, we really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, thanks for having us on. Is there anywhere where people can uh, follow you guys to see what you're up to at any point in time? Um, I we we have been remiss in updating anything. I have a Tumblr. Uh, I have a website. If you just search my name, Mel Tillery, you can probably find me. On uh, my website, my Tumblr handle is draconym, that's D-R-A-C-O-N-Y-M. Uh, and we, I, I don't want to promise things that I can't keep. I would like to be more active in updating things. Um, if I do, if we do put together any more one-page RPGs, I'll certainly post them there. Um, a lot of social networks that we've otherwise tried out have since crumbled. So I don't have a lot to recommend to you. <laughs> Yeah, I I gotta feel the same way. I mean, I'm on I'm on Mastodon. I'm on Mastodon.social as at Tevis, but that's mostly pictures of my rabbit uh, at this <laughs> point. Um, they are really good pictures of his rabbit, though. So if yeah, you're into that kind of thing, yeah. Um, occasionally, things about uh, you know my other board game of choice, uh, Go, otherwise known as Weichi or Baduk. Um, but um, yeah, maybe maybe follow Mel. Maybe that's the thing to do. <laughs> I mean, I'm up for pictures of rabbits. Yeah. I, I don't know about you. That's fair. There is a section on my website um, for games. It needs to be updated, but doesn't always. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. We uh, really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we get to talk to you again. Yeah. We thank you, everyone, for listening to this. And if you stay tuned, you will hear the uh, actual podcast episode next. Uh, so I really enjoyed hearing about the the reverse Beastmasters. Yes, and that is a game that we're probably covering next summer camp. Oh, hundred percent for summer camp. Absolutely. Uh, so reverse uh, Beastmaster Tristan Nicole is uh, a game where instead of you controlling the animals, the animals control you, and they ah. want you to do things for them because you have opposable thumbs and money, and they want those. Just like that. <laughs> Yeah, they're just general malcontent animals who who want you for your things. So it is like that. I can get behind that. Yeah. All right. So let's get started with our rubric, starting with number of players. I uh, I gave this a three. There's no real um, limit really to player count on this, other than what your DM is comfortable with. I've run this with. Three people, and I've run it with seven, and I have had fun pretty much every time. I will say, I haven't been a player in this too much, so let me know if that experience has changed at all for any of you. No, I mean, I think, um, at least I played it twice, and I haven't found that it gets uh, less active, because you're only really taking one action a turn. Yeah, I, I remember playing this at Gambit a couple times, and the number of players never really... Uh, change things. 
Um, I I vaguely remember playing this the first time. Um, I remember being uh, feeling like it was a little slow. Um, looking back now, I was probably just an unmedicated kid. Um, <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. Who isn't out of Adderall these days? Yeah, right. This <laughs> economy. But yeah, I, I, so three for me. Is that a three from everyone? It's yeah. a free, three from me. Yeah, three for me. I'm going to give you a sneak peek. I'm going to be saying threes a lot for this section. I think a lot of us are. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, even in the context of, of like a micro RPG, I think it does a lot of things right. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a good thing to bring up. I, I was one of the reasons that we had uh, kind of waited to cover this again because uh, we initially were going to run this for our first episode and uh, the audio quality was atrocious because we were like uh, above a garage door that was opening and closing. So we ended up scrapping it. It and was better than the time we were outside a highway though. We can, we can at least <laughs> we say We tried that. for trial by trolley. Yeah. Audio <laughs> problems, the hallmark of the bard since the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, it's gotten better. <laughs> you, you might not know from wingspan, but it really has. <laughs> But uh, I, I will say I was um, debating whether or not I wanted to do an entirely different grading scale for micro uh, RPGs. But honestly, I feel like this holds its own, even compared to, to other games like uh, Call of Cthulhu or other uh, heavier rules systems with more structure. And uh, it, moving into to inclusivity on that note, I gave it a three. Uh, the, I, I don't really see anything that would be an issue for anything from comprehension to colorblindness to inclusivity. They're, they're all dinosaurs, so there's I can't think of any complaints. Maybe I'm a little biased here, uh, but I think the addition of the cards that I made really helped. <laughs> I, I will say, and I, I will get to that uh, a little later, but... Um... Yeah, the dinosaur cards really enhance the and, game. Yeah, and those are those are in our Discord in the um our, the RPG section. Yes. So those are up if anyone wants them. Yeah, I would I would go as far as to say that this game goes above and beyond in, in its inclusivity. I mean, I think it's a great game for for uh, children specifically. I think uh, very simple rules, very open ended, but still enough with with mechanics. And a good variety of characters, and and it's very simple to follow still. So, so I think it does really well in those marks. I mean, if I could give it higher, I would. Um, so Ian and I were actually talking about this uh, earlier this afternoon before the recording. And uh, he pointed out that this is not only a great game to teach children, but also like the elderly. Well, I mean, um, I did say I did say the elderly, but people who, <laughs> who might be on the older side that might have difficulty grasping the concept of RPGs because, I mean... Yeah. For anyone who's older, like the Satanic Panic kind of ruined that for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I think sixty plus, uh, and I mean, you're, you're I, elderly is a little bit of a, a incorrect term. Well, it's uh, just an insensitive term at this point, yeah. but it's 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 a correct term. <laughs> those uh, those with with extended age. <laughs> <laughs> That's better. Yeah. High level players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is Satanic Panic a really good thing to bring up for an RPG about dinosaurs? I feel like those... Um, actually... <laughs> this kind of might overlap a little in a bad way. I mean, Mel uh, brought it up in the uh, the interview, too. Yeah. So it's already in the podcast. Oh, yeah, because uh, which which one was... Uh, they were talking about how uh, their, their history with um, uh, 
with RPGs and how he didn't have. Uh, yeah, I just couldn't remember which which one. Yeah, was the one who had the background where Satanic Panic was forefront in their life. <laughs> I know it kind of ruined it for for a lot of older people that didn't really get a chance to do any of this stuff but because their love of Jurassic Park can over Trump like override this. Yeah, <laughs> and they can come play with us. He's got a forever Jeff Goldblum in there. Dinosaurs with a great unifier. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't like dinosaurs? This is a very true point. Our first, uh, our first super soft was uh, dinosaur themed for that very reason. Uh, So if we move on to comprehension, Nicole, this is actually something I'd love to hear uh, from you on, especially since uh, you don't do a lot of uh, tabletop games uh, quite like this often. Mm -hmm. Uh, How how did you find the, uh, the comprehension on this? So I gave this a three for comprehension. Um, so, like you were saying, I've only the only RPG I played is D and D, and I was very stressed <laughs> preparing for this, worrying about the rules and how complicated it would be to create a dinosaur. But it was very easy to pick up and understand. Um, yeah, I, I really thought it was great. Uh, very, very easy to comprehend. Yeah, I remember when we when the first time I played it, the group was majority. Um, I want to say younger. It was like younger high school. I was, I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like majority high school. It was something like younger high school, middle school, and then there was some older people. But like, you really didn't get the sense that anyone was at say like a skill disadvantage or like a rules knowledge advantage or anything like that, which is something you do run into a lot with, especially RPGs. Um, and and you really like outside looking in couldn't tell like who's a master and who's who's new so yeah i mean i think it's again very easy to pick up i gave it a three if that wasn't clear (laughs) i i definitely give it a three as well this game is is very easy yeah and i think part of it is because for the materials it's all on like one and a tiny little snippet of another page for the extra dinosaurs they added but it's all there. Everything you need is on one page. Well, yeah, and there's not like tracking, like uh, not extraneous, uh, but like tracking stats and stuff like that. Um, I use an index card. Uh, you got two numbers. Yeah, yeah, two numbers. Three technically. Yeah, because yeah. you, you got the health. You just have too. to know your panic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> How heavily are you panicking right now? I so I've mostly only run this before. Um, I I was I talked in the interview about how uh, so Tristan actually showed me this game uh, when it, pretty much when it came out in 20, 2017, um, which I didn't realize that uh, when you showed it to me, Tristan, it was like a month old at that point. Yeah, it was part of a challenge that I found on Tumblr. Yeah, uh, that that's interesting. I I didn't know that until I did research for this. Yeah, but. Uh, uh, I mean, it's 2017. I could be wrong, but yeah, I saw this. There's a challenge. It came across my my feed on Tumblr a while ago, and it was part of a like a challenge, like one of those like writing challenges. And this is for a one page RPG, and I found it. And I was like, oh, this looks pretty good. I hadn't seen really any others, but yeah, it, it is it is very good. But I I've since taught this to when we we would go to Denny's every night uh, during uh, our my college years, and uh, a lot of people were like, well, you know how to DM, so can you run a, a campaign for us? And I don't want to run a campaign for people at 10 p.m. at night. Especially at a Denny's. In the middle of a Denny's. <laughs> it was my way of compromising and saying, all right, we can run a TTRPG, 
but we're going to do it with this because not only is it great and I've never really had a bad experience with it, but I can set this up in like two minutes. <laughs> so I don't think I've ever had anyone who's never gotten it. So yeah, I gave it a three as well. Yeah. So moving on to materials then, because I think we we've covered comprehension well enough. We've sung, sung all the praises we could. Oh yeah. Um, all right. So in the materials, uh, I just, it's hard to give it a ton of points for materials, in, in my opinion, just because there's not really a, a ton there. And um, but the stuff that was there, the, the, the PDF is very high quality. Uh, like I said, I would have liked to see, uh, you know, maybe something like a card or something like Brooke had provided. It's, it's not a lot extra to attach to a PDF. Um, but again, it's free, so I really can't complain. Uh, it's a very good game for free. Uh, so I gave it a two. See, for the fact that this was supposed to be a mini one, the fact they could cram this into one page and still have it legible, I counted that as materials three. Like, because it lends to what you expect from something you can pick up really easily, it, it lends to having one piece of paper in a dark Denny's <laughs> and a dice. Yeah, I mean, so... Materials-wise, I mean, it was kind of hard for me to, like, rate it because it's just a one-page, like, PDF. Um, I think I gave it a three because um, I, was, I was kind of close between a two and a three, maybe for two pedantic reasons. But I, I think, like, the fact that it's all, like, put together very nicely, the formatting is is nice. It's it's very – it is, it is in fact, like, good quality if you just find it and print it out. Um, I think that was kind of, like, what took it over the edge, you know. I mean, even, even like a lot of smaller projects. I mean, no fault of the people's own, but they might they might not have the best formatting, the, or or the uh, they might be set up like a little more strangely because you know they did it in their spare time and not like they would a professional project. And this does not have any of those issues whatsoever. This is this looks very cleanly done, professionally done, um, easy to parse, easy to find the things in the page. And so for that, if, as far as if you know, if you're gonna print it out, even like a lower quality thing, it's still gonna look and good and be good and be easy to comprehend and. That. Yeah, I, I also had to give it a three for materials. Um, th there are definitely ways you could look at it and try to be like, well, it doesn't have this or that. I feel like at, at the end of the day, all I need for this are D6s. Um, having run this frequently in and around game stores, uh, you could you could just buy a box of D6s. And I had dice on me all the time. So the materials required for this game that it doesn't supply are fairly readily available uh, the game itself is a PDF that you can have on your phone and just send to people, which made it uh, very easy to distribute this, even if I didn't have an access to paper available. And the all you needed to do was keep track of that little bar at the bottom that told you what your your dinosaur was and uh, a little tally. I, I, could, I think at one point I gave people um, fries for panic when we yeah. were playing at Denny's one time. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, and if uh, if they killed a uh, a human, because one of the ways you get rid of your panic is to kill one of your 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 captors, uh, they could eat the fry. Go <laughs> <laughs> start playing that way more often. I remember you telling me about that. I got a kick out of it. <laughs> Use hot dogs with like little peanut fingernails or something. Yeah. So Ian, you were saying earlier with setup, it was easy like two minutes flat yeah i've never had a particularly lengthy setup for this uh i 
I, I'm really trying to think back because I'll also admit that was a lot of the times I ran this, I was half out of it because I was like coming out of work or, or whatever. But Or you spent the entire night at the game store and we got kicked out and then we went to Denny's. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I, uh, but no, I, I don't think I've ever spent more than five minutes explaining this to people. Uh, and I think the only time it's ever taken more than that was because we were getting food at the moment and no one was paying attention. <laughs> food is important. Yeah, this this is probably the one of the fastest setups I've seen. It's it's one page, and there's there's very little to keep track of. This is one that I wouldn't be opposed to DMing for that reason, because setup is always like a barrier for me. I'm so afraid of not doing it properly, and this takes a lot of that away. I do feel like that is a big concern with with larger RPGs. Is your DM does kind of need to already know how to play it before yeah. they can run it. And if you're a group that isn't fortunate enough to maybe have a you know an experienced DM, it can be a real challenge. Like going, I'll be honest. I still don't think I know how to play Fourth Edition, and I, I played in a campaign for pretty much all of its lifespan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I I, I, I said give it a three for the setup. Yeah. We, I think everyone can agree this is this is this is a three for setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I give it a three for setup. I mean, even even if you want to go like way out of your way to get everything like if you need stuff to be tracked and it ties in like the inclusivity for me like the stuff you need to track it like at the high end is just still very not complicated like you said just the fries just getting some d6s just a piece of paper a pen and the ability to read and write not mm -hmm. even write actually to tally the ability to tally yeah, yeah. the ability to tally <laughs> i can draw lines like a, a dinosaur <laughs> might actually be able to play this game <laughs> <laughs> If, if they can wield a tranquilizer dart, they, they can handle it, I think. <laughs> uh, so, uh, for rate of play, though, I did actually give this a two. Um, I have had times where this does drag a bit. It, it, it can depend on who you're playing with, but also as um, a game master, uh, I, I struggle sometimes to, uh, to come out with like new maps for new areas, because the the way that the games like this work is it's always by like the seat of your pants but you need some kind of visual aids for players in a uh, a more open setting so that they they know where things are uh how, how to do this and that and i feel like the only reason uh i ran it so well on the stream is because i've done it so many times where i've just taken a napkin or something and i've drawn out maps and stuff like that but that, that doesn't come naturally to a lot of people that's something that you have to like learn by trial and error that's something that comes up in like D and D a lot too, because I had um, a chess board uh, for a lot of my maps when we did in person games, and I had to stop what I was doing each time and like go, excuse me, pardon me, uh, going through here, and and push past people to draw on the chess board with the wet erase markers. I have a similar uh, issue with running this here. Overall, though, you know, fantastic. It's just my my one complaint for rate of play. It's not really as a player just as someone running it. But I, I'm sure that that's not universal for everyone. Yeah, I, I gave it, I gave it a play of three. I see where you're coming from. Um, I'm not sure. I guess the most part of me feels like that's set up, but that's, that's like besides the point, I guess. But, but yeah, for rate of play, like I said, for, I haven't DM this, and I can imagine that that's probably, even like D&D, you do have access to some like pre-made maps that are pretty easy to find if you're not sure. Mm -hmm. and, it, like, and, it, and you can use that for this. I suppose, but you know, like if you're not sure what you're doing, it might not strike you immediately. 
But from the player side, and I've only played, again, it goes faster than a lot of games. Mm-hmm. A lot of RPGs and a lot of just regular games. Yeah. So I right, so for that specifically, like the like the pacing is usually pretty good. Even if people take a long time with their turns, it's usually just describe, roll, action, consequence, go on. And people and because I feel like because it's like dinosaurs and it's pretty safe, straightforward with dinosaurs, people tend to get it over with pretty fast. Eek. Can I, from like a novice DM, make a suggestion? So when you have that situation happening where you have to draw a map, you could use that time to encourage uh, character interactions. So you could either incentivize it with your players or, you know, just start it off by like saying there's a ladybug on the ground and see what happens from there. Because this game is very good for nonsensical play. Very true. <laughs> and then you can take your time and draw. <laughs> Are the dinos with guns? <laughs> I, I will say the the silly aspect of it does tend to move it, uh, make it uh, feel like it moves yeah. a little faster too. Because you can kind of get away with some ridiculous suggestions uh, in, in the name of fun. Yeah. Hey guys, I have a sneaking suspicion the next one on our list we're all going to have the same numbers. So on three. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Ink's kind of pricey these days. So I think that it's Will? I am going to the floor. Oh, you. Ha- so three. That's what I just said. I said that. Like, yeah, I that's, think we that's all what she was implying, three. Will, is that everyone gave it a three because it's three. <laughs> Well, that's that's that. But that she said three. Well, yeah, I thought I was she was making say, a joke. On no, three. I was gonna say on three. We're gonna say the number one, two, three, three. We're not cutting this. <laughs> I'm just. I'm dumb. It's been a long day today. Please. No, it. it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I just. I was really concerned. I'm like, this I, I is will free. Say, How can you get less than to that? price real quick? Oh. I, I do wanted to hear uh, Nicole's thoughts for rate of play as once again just a, a newer player. Oh yeah, I actually. Um, what I want to talk about with rate of play, I gave it a three. Um, I did enjoy how the turns were, again, I can only really compare this to D&D, but I, I did enjoy how the turns were less structured. So, like, just generally, we all took turns in kind of an order just because we were, that's just how it ended up. But there wasn't really a turn order and there wasn't, like, a movement and an action specific it was it was a lot more general and i thought i i enjoyed that um i thought it made the game feel faster and, and be less stagnant yeah absolutely it, it it helps move that along at a much faster pace than what's my abilities what's uh what's my my ac when i'm under this condition uh there are certain things i don't miss about D, and it's constantly having to flip through rules to figure out what's going on and you remember to cast your mage armor today yeah. <laughs> don't forget to re-up your spell slots you don't like tabbing out your entire player handbook so you can quickly go to things i don't i really well, don't elves have dark vision so half elves right <laughs> I mean, <it> makes <laughs> only one eye yeah that's why they have the eyes why they're all pirates yeah if if I could, if I had a penny for every time a player forgot they had an ability that would have made a difference in a, in an encounter, I'd be a very rich man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, let's let's move into the price then. Uh, let's do that on th- on three. Will on, on three. three. 
All right. Okay. One, two, three. 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 All right. <laughs> <laughs> what? You said price on three. Oh my God. <laughs> it's true. That's true. I did. You can't really fault this. Like, yeah, you no, cannot I, I get a better value. You, no, you can't. <laughs> Sorry, I'm more of a dino forward individual. <laughs> No, that's that's absolutely fair. I I really did. Uh, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> yeah, you should have. I, it wasn't moving, so I, I couldn't I couldn't focus in on it. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, this is it's a free game. Uh, you can find it online. You don't need a subscription. You don't need anything like that. I'm a little surprised they didn't charge money for it. Uh, the the micro RPG we played uh, for Bard's uh, Dirty Town. After I picked it for the session, I realized it was missing a bunch of things. We paid money for that. I know. We got it in a bundle, so it cost something. <laughs> it didn't cost the three dollars it normally does, but it cost something. <laughs> but after meeting them, it makes sense why they wouldn't want to charge for this. This is truly the definition of a passion project. They did this for funsies. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, like, after meeting them, it does make sense. They could have made money from it, but that's just not who they are. I will say, while we're talking about this, I was thinking about mentioning this community, it is a lot harder to find this online now than it used to be, in my experience. Yeah. Um, but I, that's not really on the creators or anything. But, but it is, you will have to do a little bit of Google Foo now to find it. Before, it was just, like, all the top five results, but Google's kind of gone down the drain a little bit. Yeah. Do we want to put this in the RPG section of the Bard so it's easier for our people to find it? I think I already did, and okay. I pinned it, but well, I can always do it again. Yeah, it's in there. I, I see it in the chat. I don't know if it's pinned. Okay. Let's let's pin it so it doesn't get lost in the uh, RPG section. Yeah, absolutely. We take care of our listeners. I try. <laughs> I try. But, uh, yeah, no. Uh, going into, then, uh, extras. Uh, I... Uh-oh. Yeah, I I gave it a two <laughs> for extras. Uh, it I, I guess on this particular uh, scale, I am rating it as a micro RPG and not as a standard TTRPG. Only because for a game that is free to have anything added to it is 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 a wonder. And we do have that little uh, bar towards the the, the secondary list of uh, dinosaurs there. I will also say this is a game where you can make your own extras too, and they—I think they even encourage it in um, in the po- the Tumblr post that it was uh, located in. They said you can play any dinosaur you want. You just have to make sure that your dino and escape equal a certain amount, and you don't give them an ability that somehow breaks this ridiculous game. Yeah, I give it—I give it a two. I think for similar similar reasons. I mean, as far as it's a micro RPG and it's one page. It, I mean, it. it as part of a one-page RPG challenge, it has like a page plus bonus content. So it's hard to fault it for not having bonus content because it was specifically supposed to fit on one page, and even then it has bonus content. But um, but also I think the fact that uh, like there, while it does seem like fairly simple and straightforward to make custom content, it is encouraged and they do give some guidelines. I, I guess I give it a two just because like there isn't say like resources, maybe like or, or like examples on how to do it. I mean, obviously, there's like the races in there, but um, but it's it's not like as straightforward. I, I guess it's not straightforward. It doesn't exist with a thing, and like it doesn't need to just be from the creators either. Like I haven't seen much, like 
I guess this ties into the next part, but like, there's not much about it, generally speaking, not just like from the creators. So, like other, like it could could be more supported in in that in that regard. But again, like for what it is, I think they did a great job. I gave it a three because it gave me extra dinosaurs, which is what I wanted, and it didn't give me anything I didn't want. We have so many. <laughs> look, we have so many different games we've covered where the extras either make it too bogged down or that something totally out of left field. Like this gave me exactly what I wanted and that was more dinosaurs and that is it. You uh, you got something against Smash Up and Munchkin? One of those two for sure. <laughs> Wonder which one. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's Brooke's yearly bitch fest <laughs> on Christmas when you guys bring me a terrible game. <laughs> I'm sorry you hate Munchkin. <laughs> Rightfully so. Yeah. It, so I was, I, I, was, I was guessing, but I'm glad because Smash Up is my favorite game. <laughs> Smash Up, Smash Up is a good game, but some of those abilities on those cards get a little ridiculous if you play them all oh, together. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. The, 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 the factions are not balanced, but th- that's a different game. Yeah. <laughs> Tornadoes. What? Tornadoes, the one that's just awful. Like, I mean, yeah, it doesn't yeah. do a whole lot of good. Fairies is busted. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> Wrong game. <laughs> uh, I give it two for extras. Uh, I, for reasons that have already been discussed, it's it's a free game. It's supposed to be a one-page RPG. It has bonus content. It, it, you can't really ask for more. I mean, I'm still asking for more. I want those dino cards, but other than that... You have them. <laughs> but you made them. Yeah? And that, that's my one point in community. <laughs> <laughs> also same and that's no fault of theirs because like the creators are fantastic the game mm-hmm. is fantastic but yeah and one thing we don't talk too much about on the extras uh scale uh if you look at the the description we have uh, i'm going to read this out for everyone i don't think we've gone over the descriptors that we have on these these pages not in a while yeah but uh are there expansions opportunity for expansions or opportunities for custom content and I feel like this does have that custom content option. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when we did the interview, uh, Mel and Tevis were talking about how when they ran this, they uh, had little plastic dinosaur figurines. And when they heard about Brooks cards, they were t- discussing making little outfits for like Revolutionary Wars for the tiny oh, dinosaur God. figurines. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. That's, yes. that's absolutely incredible. That is genius. They also talked about, did, was it? This or Beastmaster with the puppets? Beastmaster was the puppets. Beastmaster was the puppets, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, we, we've already kind of started to brush into community, so I feel like we should uh, start there. Uh, I gave this a one and a half. I, I don't normally do half points too often. Some people do. Uh, I try to make it all rigid. Uh, but the reason being is uh, I feel like, while it is kind of hard to find the game and find people who know it, The fact is, it's not hard to teach new people this game, and it kind of almost builds community in that regard. Yeah. So while it doesn't meet our our standard criteria for community, I feel like it should get an extra half point for for having that quality to it. Look, I'll be honest, for years, I thought this was a very well-known game because of how popular it is in our community. Like, (laughs) most people in our group know this game and like this game and play this game. So when I found out that not everyone did this, I was a little shocked. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. No, I haven't met anyone else that's played this game, heard of this game outside of our group. So, so I, I gave it a pretty solid one. I mean, I mean, look, it, it's not it's not your fault if your game doesn't have a community. I think it's probably the biggest thing outside of like con- creators control. But I mean, it just doesn't. I mean, and there's there's smaller games that have had fairly large communities. I would say that's usually like harder to do with smaller games. But like, I don't, I don't. As far as I know, there's not a subreddit for this game. Like, there's not. I don't know that like a bunch of people talking about it. I haven't. I'm pretty online, and I haven't seen people talk about it too much online. Like, I found it when it was like made. Yeah. But I mean, it it doesn't have one. I mean, so it's, it's seems. You know, I hate to give it a one there, but I mean, it's just not there. I mean, I mean, certainly it's it's a popular enough game. It's got the chops for it, but it just didn't get the traction it needed. Yeah, yeah. it's um, one thing I, I really wanted. To, this is something I wanted to cover for this game uh, was the community aspect of it, because it's kind of the, the downfall for a lot of uh, micro RPGs is, I mean, most of them are, are, are free content, which means they're not advertising anything, because why would you? Yeah. It usually passes through communities by word of mouth, which it, it makes it kind of more interesting to find, I think, and gives it kind of almost a mythical mystical aspect. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, uh, without you know any kind of, of brand uh, to, to push it or any kind of uh, larger community that worked on it, uh, there's not a lot of ways to kind of make these games uh, exceedingly popular other than just talking about it like we're doing. So well, yeah, I was about to say, there weren't. There weren't places to talk about it, but now there are. You can join the Bard's Discord <laughs> and talk about Escape from Triassic Park to your heart's content in, I don't know, a channel, probably role-playing games. But And, and now this can be the community. So we'll see if we need to change that rating. Yeah, absolutely. I, I join join our Discord if you'd like to hear more about uh, micro RPGs. I'm covering a three in total this month, so yeah. This is the month of micro RPGs. Yeah. So also, I just want to bring up: we live in a capitalist society. I don't know if any of you realize this. So, <gasps> what? <laughs> on, How dare I you? Know, right. Uh, so unfortunately, with like free content like this, it doesn't have that sense of value to it intrinsically so you're less likely to try and get more people into it and more people to buy it because you want it to have value because you spent money on it so it's a fantastic game but even if it was like 99 cents it would have been passed around more because you'd want more people to buy into this thing that you believed in and bought yourself yeah yeah that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell yeah Woo. That being said, I did, really enjoyed this game. Yeah, did everyone have fun? I had a blast. <laughs> I had a lot of fun, Mr. Knight. <laughs> it's Mr. Batman. That's another, that's another story. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, no, three for enjoyment. I've, I've never had a, a bad game of this. No, certainly not. I've had two games, and they've been good. Same. Three for me. Yeah. Yep. Nicole, how'd you like it? I loved it. I gave it a three. Excellent. I, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I mean, Jurassic Park was a hit for a reason. I mean, it's pretty, pretty satisfying. <laughs> pretty satisfying plot. Pretty satisfying. Pretty satisfying plot. Like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The concept is pretty satisfying, and and the output is very easy, and it's fairly straightforward to get the results that you want. It has John Williams. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
I think you have a CA take down on the podcast. I think we get five seconds and that's it. Oh. <laughs> I was saying really fast. Yeah. You did it, you son of a bitch. You did it. I had to get it in there once. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think there's any real contention on this topic. Uh, I I don't know anyone. Even I've had people before when I've suggested this game who, when they when I said it's a one page RPG, they kind of roll their eyes because their experience with tabletop games is defined by things like Call of Cthulhu. Uh, um, obviously, Dungeons and Dragons is a big one. Uh, Cyberpunk. You, these games are all rules heavy, highly structured pages and pages of rules to memorize and understand. Uh, equipment lists. Uh, longer than some roads. I. <laughs> it's a very fancy word problem. Yeah. All hardbound in a weapon. <laughs> so so you books. give them this much freedom, and at first they don't know what to do with it. But by the end of these games, I don't think I've had really anyone walk away unhappy. Yeah. Humans. No, well, the humans in the walk game, yes. Uh, yeah. They didn't walk away. That's true. No. Well, some of them no humans left alive. But I will say, I can understand if someone doesn't like the lack of structure. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I you know, like, consider myself more closer to, like, power gamer than, like, anything else. I like to build technical builds and, and do funky rules things and all that decrepit stuff that makes DMs want to gouge their own eyes out. Um, but, I mean, I enjoyed it. And, Nicole, you're, like, the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I, if there's one thing I love, it's structure, and I I enjoyed how free this game was. Yeah, so I think if a game has uh, the uh, if it's an open ended game, it has to be silly. That usually makes these a lot better because even with with Dirty Town, uh, the game we were talking about before, uh, the fact that it was you played as pigeons and you gambled with corn kind of made up for the fact that half the rules are missing. Yeah. <laughs> that's just poker night where I am. What? I said that's just poker night where I am. Oh. <laughs> uh, so uh, as far as recommendation, uh, once again a three. Yeah. Uh, three. I recommend three. Yeah. It, it's easy to carry on you. It, it doesn't cost anything to to own. Uh, you can just store it in your phone and send it to people when you have some time to kill. Uh, that's I think like that's the best way to use utilize this game is is if let's say you're you're going for D and D night and uh, someone doesn't show up so no one knows what to do you can just take this out and you're like yeah dinosaurs that's what we're doing <laughs> yeah it was, it's funny and I was thinking about it like you know there's I feel like it's almost too good for its own good because I feel like part of the reason it doesn't have a community as much is just because I, maybe if a lot of people probably might not know how to play it. But it's just so easy to just whip up and whip out. It's not something that's that's going to be on your mind as much as something like D&D, right? Like, you're going to know about it. You're not going to be, like, game planning or anything like that. It's something that you go down, you play, you set it out, and you know it's in your back pocket, and you'll talk about when you just played it. But there's not, like, like strategizing or 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 stuff like that that happens outside the, like, the game because, I mean, it's all tight. It's all in there. The D&D does have a lot of missing stuff that people do need to to cover for it, and that's the driver of a lot of the D&D community. I would say majority of the D&D community is, is covering for stuff that was 
left out or stuff that was put in when it shouldn't. And this just doesn't have that. Doesn't have that at all, really. So. Well, yeah, and on that topic, this is definitely not a game where you're going to be going out and and trying to figure out what the meta is for your dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, I mean, all all the stats are, are are evenly distributed, pretty much for for all the the classes, quote unquote, the species there, of dinosaur. There is no, there is no full tank. I don't think there's no like five dino one, whatever that one is. Uh, T Rex is T- that? Yeah, that's the oh, T Rex. Oh, there is T Rex. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, because I wasn't there when we first played. I I have a big head and little arms. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so never mind. <laughs> uh. I, I so I, I I sorry to to keep uh bringing up Nicole, but uh, I I would like to assume that since you don't have a lot of experience in in tabletop games, which is a somewhat unique uh, quality among people who are willing to play role playing games with us, um, <laughs> <laughs> um I, I would assume that a lot of your friend group probably doesn't play a lot of them either. No, I am the only one. Yeah. Would you would you like take this out to play with someone you think that that wouldn't be familiar with them? Would you recommend yes, this to someone? Yes, I would. Yeah, I was actually thinking. Um, I I go to a New Year's party at one of my friends I've known since elementary school at her house every year. I was thinking about bringing this game there. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah she she has no experience, never played D anD D, nothing. She just started getting into video games yeah like yeah pull to the lamb yeah. and she's like oh i love video games it turns out I'm like oh my god yeah <laughs> gonna, gonna sink the uh the tabletop game clause into her early got it yeah i don't know how much that's gonna overlap with the audience for this but <laughs> <laughs> drag them into the hobby never let go oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of how we all got here. i promise it's just one night of homework every month for the rest of your life <laughs> <laughs> wait until we start buying books <laughs> Uh, so, uh, as far as replay value, though, uh, I gave this a two. Um, yeah. is it's a game that I really enjoy every time I played it, but I've always been very careful to space out my my games with this a little bit. Uh, I yeah, always you can't really play this every week. Yeah, it's not the kind of game where you can get a campaign going. Yeah, yeah. yeah I give it a two. I give it. I would give it. I would give it a one and a half if I had the option. Uh, you really. Yeah, like Ian said, you really need to space it out. I mean, I played it once, twice separated by several years. Like, if this was, like, a regular monthly thing, I, I don't, like, I don't, I'm not sure how into that I would be. It really depends upon the vibes of the group and all that. It's, I just, again, obviously been giving glowing reviews, but, um, but yeah, I'd say two for replay value. Um, if you try to do more with, like, the custom content in it, and if you have, like, setups and spend a lot of time, like, making like some really more complex stuff, you can probably get a lot more replay value out of it. But I almost feel like you're playing a different game at that point. Yeah, I gave this a two. Um, I, when I was like researching this game before we played it, I went down like a whole Reddit rabbit hole. And some people do the craziest things with this game. So I feel like if, um, well, as a player, I think I'd play it. I'd easily replay it again. Um, I think it might get difficult for the, GM, but I know there's a lot of ideas. At least I saw on Reddit, okay. people people are very creative with it. I'd actually, I'd actually like to know what, if if you can remember any examples of what you saw, because I I haven't been able to find too much. Yeah, I couldn't find much either. I'm also not great at digging into Reddit, so it's just very possible I'm bad at it. She's just talented. What can we say? It was like in a 
comment most of it was in a comment thread like on the micro rpg subreddit i think so i did have to dig but my favorite i actually wrote down my favorite one um they had like so once the dinosaurs managed to escape the building like the mill a full-on military defense showed up with like helicopters and tanks and they had to like take down the military this is flames of war now yeah. kids <laughs> like, <laughs> like ripping the helicopters out of the air and it was just, it was really god wait <laughs> yo, what about dude there, there should be like a dinosaur war game how sick would that be <laughs> i'm sure there is one a problem i'm sure we can find one games workshop a, li a license a copyright you can't use that games workshop sorry no that's just um. What's that 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 new uh uh battle? Not battle royale. It's like a player versus environment game that came out recently, where it's like it opens up portals and you fight dinosaurs uh, that come out of it, and the other teams as well. There's the crab one, the crab bird one. That's the only thing I'm out. I mean, there there's a survival one that has dinosaurs Arc, in it. Exo or something like oh, that. Oh, Ark. Yeah, Ark's been around for years, but yeah, the new one just came out. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good game. This this actually does kind of have arc vibes to it. <laughs> monster Hunter. It, it has some Monster Hunter vibes to it too, Tristan. I don't have to say that's to get you to play anything. <laughs> I gave it a three for replay. Like I I would never turn down a chance to play this. I don't get very many opportunities, but each time would be different because you roll differently each time. You have different interactions with people. You're in different headspaces, and it's so open. That like your, you can't help but change your mood every time you play. Yeah. Okay. Will and I actually talked about like the briefly uh, thinking about what the number of possibilities are since a lot of the stuff is randomized. You have the two different uh, uh, base uh, effects. You have twelve different giant dinosaurs to to choose from, and uh, what else? There's one other thing that's randomized. Uh, the starting location. Yeah. 36 times 12. It's a lot. It's quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, but it's not times 12. It's times 6 times 6 because it's two separate uh, effects and it's two two columns of 6. Well, it's, it's even it's, more. So, so one, well, one is one you can't repeat, so it's 6 times 5. And then the other one you can't repeat, yeah, so yeah, yeah. 6 times 5. So, so, so 900? I mean... At least enough. Enough. <laughs> Certainly <It's> enough. enough. <laughs> Nine hundred base level just from rolling the dice. <laughs> Who said you could bring math into my podcast? <laughs> Steven's not here. Yeah. Only Steven's allowed. Your fault for being a math major. <laughs> I uh. So I guess we're going to the sliding scales. There we go. Uh, it's, we're in our last, the home stretch. Uh, I give this a classic two. Yeah. Um, I feel that it, it follows the pattern of a lot of micro RPGs. Um, I mean, a lot of them have, have very unique systems. This is not as unique. It's a success-based system with D6s. Uh, but it, it plays it very well, considering how simple it is. Um, it It's, it's well-organized. It uh, allows for uh, player ingenuity. It, it plays really well. I, I think there might be a little bit of room for improvement in things like uh, like we talked about um, any kind of extras or um, other other such things. But honestly, it, it's it's solid, solid classic. I gave it a yeah. three classic. Yeah, I gave it a two classic. I mean, I think 
like I didn't want to say it was like, like in terms of like micro RPGs or RPGs generally, like I think it deviates like thematically wise. Like the D6 system is a pretty classic system. I don't I off the top of my head, I'm not like a super, super big RPG buff. I don't know which other ones use it. I don't if you say GURPS, I'm gonna hit you. Uh but uh like it's a, like D6 roll, succeed, whatever, classic stuff, very simple. Role playing as dinosaurs since humanity has known what dinosaurs are, it's been the national pastime, international <laughs> pastime. Um, the classic, just, just classic. And the, the Jurassic Park, the, the whole setup, the whole, that's also classic. So I give it a two. I mean, it's innovative enough, like, like in what it does and what it's trying to do and in and, and being a micro RPG itself. But it's, it's got a lot of very classical elements all around. I, uh, I gave it a two and innovative for, I mean, pretty much the same reasons. I, I've I've never played a micro RPG before. I thought this was a fresh new twist on on like an RPG in general. It was very quick to pick up. It was very fun. Um, I really liked how the 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 challenge ratings were determined by the dinosaur you picked, not by something that the the DM created. If I'm remembering it correctly, it has been like two weeks. Um, I I thought that was really cool. It was it's it's less of like strategizing and do I want to do this impulsive thing? Um, it's more incentivized to do this impulsive thing because you're in a, you're a dinosaur. What do you got to lose? Yeah, exactly. You're a dinosaur. Yeah, I also gave it to innovative, and I'm in the same boat as well. I didn't have much to compare it to, but I thought it seemed I thought it seemed unique. It was fun. Yeah, it's it's certainly. Um... There, it definitely certainly has unique aspects uh, in in the way that it, it kind of treats uh, the the structure of the game. It, it almost kind of has like a, a self mocking tone of its entire genre. Uh, if you read through the text about how it's like these dinosaurs are engineered very badly, they don't have feathers and they're not biologically correct, and they do things that dinosaurs aren't supposed to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> The little one that spits because like they just totally botched it in uh, the original Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, the spits acid or the sneezing Brontosaurus, which was also from Jurassic Park. Oh to be fair, though, science has also gotten dinosaurs wrong for a very long time too. We probably still science do. is a liar yeah. sometimes. <laughs> science is just ill-informed and excited about itself. So uh, to wrap this up for me, uh, I give this a simple three. Uh, this is a, a great example of a game uh, that's kind of uh, has the, the the basic elements of a good TTRPG while still uh, managing to be entertaining and uh, has uh, some thought put into it. It's it's well done. I, 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 I've been singing its praises all day, I know. Uh, it is one of my favorite games, so I am a little biased, but... I, I don't know. I, I feel that uh, it, it does deserve the the, the good score. Um, I, I, from what I've heard from everyone else, I, I feel like yeah, most yeah. people would agree. Yeah, the, it, it really does deserve the the score it gets. I gave it a simple three as well. Um, I gave it a simple three. Yeah. I gave it a simple two. I also gave it a simple two. Twins. <laughs> this is a fantastic game. Yeah, it, it really is. It's. And I'll be honest, meeting the creators made me love it even more, and I already thought it was like a big deal. <laughs> they were they were telling us about a um a board game bar in uh in Maryland that oh, we are sounded, going to try and go yeah, to. Yeah, we're gonna try to go to at some point. Bard's trip. Because <laughs> those aren't uh, all that common anymore. 
No, they're not. Especially post-COVID. We have ties to the Maryland Gaming Orchestra. <laughs> you know, yeah, University of Maryland Gaming Gamer Orchestra. Okay. For a lot of people, our gamer orchestra from. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It is. Yeah. Good gaming culture down there, it seems. Check out the gaming culture here with the yeah, Norwalk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we give our scores? Yeah. I'm ready when you are. Okay. I gave it a 39 out of 42. Uh, 36 and a half out of 42. 36 out of 42. Uh, 38 out of 42. I give it a 35 out of 42. Which, really solid scores. Yeah, that's like B plus, <laughs> A minus. Yeah. That's probably one of the better scores we've had for there for anything. I think it a uh, blue blood bowl out of the water. <laughs> yeah, I think Blood Bowl is definitely one of our lower rated games. Do you have any final comments for uh, the game? Uh, yeah, so I, I had one. I mean, so I think people going into this, if this wasn't immediately clear, um, it's a free one page TTRPG. So don't like don't maybe we've oversold it to you it's it's very simple it's very easy it's not intimidating and also like if you're coming in this expecting some grandiose experience it's 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 going to be a lot up to your group so um keep that in mind also the compi i think is probably the only like real like it's kind of unbalanced <laughs> i think in my opinion i don't think it's got any real downsides i think it's got pure upside so uh be careful like running like a bunch of comps on Mathis. I had a very broken time as one operating a firearm the first time I played and making very quick work of a lot of <laughs> things. Um, and we had two and then we just operated all the panels and, and got through a lot of stuff. It is incredibly yeah. fun yeah. to use the comp. I, yeah. I, if this, I mean, operating, operating heavy machinery and, and, and firearms, I mean, are one of the many things you can do in this game, and and the compies are very good at it. But uh, but yeah, just be just be careful. I mean, like uh, obviously, you know, a lot of the downsides aren't aren't as uh like usually I think it's a kind of like a downside, neutral side, and then like an upside, and then I think compi has like two upsides, and also has five dino, or five what five so the other one. It's the 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 what was it the flea or the run or the not dino one. Escape. Escape. escape, yeah. Escape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Five, five escape. No, one dino. It's the least dino. Yeah, and I think that was really where it's it's balanced out. Was was the compi really can't do anything that is not involving escape. You know what yeah. it reminds me of, um, and maybe this is a reference not many people are going to get. If you ever watched the the Teen Titans cartoon, um, like the original one, they had uh, in the yeah in the in the Western Titans they had Masi Menos who were the twin speedsters who could only move quickly when they were touching. And oh pretty God. much all they did was just distract people and just touch things they shouldn't touch. <laughs> like control panels. Oh my God. All the time. Oh yeah, those are great characters. God, this show's so good. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot like that. But yeah, if you, if, you have all, like, if you have a whole party of them, like, <laughs> you're you like, oh, that was that was too easy. That was yeah. Well, you should have a whole party of comps probably. But if you have, if you, as long as you don't have that, I don't think you should run into any kinds of fundamental issues with the game. I would run it once, uh, but I, I, I would will run say it once too, absolutely. Like it sounds so hilariously degenerate. Uh, I did have some some notes on this too. I think I did cover some of this already. Uh, it's very fun. It's very simple. It's. Uh, 
Definitely something you should keep uh, in in the uh, on mind if you ever need to run something last minute. Something um, in the tool box. Keep yeah. it in your back pocket when your phone because it's one thing. <laughs> you could keep it in, in your phone case. Your wallet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening, and a big thanks to Tristan and Nicole for joining us. We uh, we also really enjoyed our talks with Mel and Tevis. Uh, they have one or two projects in the works, so I highly recommend keeping an eye out for those. They have all their current projects available on Cyanus.com, including Escape Jurassic Park. That's a C Y A N E U S dot com. This wraps up our Bard Summer Camp for this year. Uh, this has been an absolute blast. Brooke came up with this idea, and it's been an amazing time. She put a lot of work into this to make it perfect from scheduling to creating a special borders for our Twitch streams for the month to running and organizing community events in our discord. None of this would have happened without her. Uh, and, uh, and we're doing it again next year. I was about to say, don't feel bad if you missed it because we are definitely doing this next year. This was so great. I really enjoyed doing this. I love sending out all the camp messages every day. If you uh, if you didn't get to see those camp messages, scroll up in general. They're worth it. A hundred percent. Ian knocked it out of the park as our camp director. I, I had I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, so if you uh, if you want to find us online, you can look us up on Mastodon at with Bards at crater.gg. We're also on Blue Sky at Dance with Bards at bluesky.social. We do also have a Twitter account at Dance with Bards. Excuse you, X. I was about to say. <laughs> Though I feel it's about to go the way of the dinosaurs. <laughs> Extinct. Oh my God. Yeah. Help you become fossil Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. And, uh, and I hope you had a great summer. Woo! Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.